Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice it doesn't stop with, who comes to him must believe that he exists. If it stopped there, we're in trouble. Do you know that much of the world believes in a higher power or that God exists? And they go, I'm going to go to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? I believe God. I believe in God. Well, the demons believe that God exists. They know he exists. That's where they came from, heaven. So it's not enough just to believe that God exists. There has to be a personal relationship with him. There's a saying that everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, putting aside the dying part, it's true that everyone wants to get to heaven, whatever their idea of heaven is. There have been developed hundreds, if not thousands of ways to ensure your place in God's kingdom. But with so many different methods, how do you know for sure that you're on the right path? Pastor Mark's teaching today will help answer that question and show you the absolutely true path to God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he begins his message, Steps of Faith. Now, in Romans 12, we have this belief in a God and then active faith in a God. Not just believing there's a God, but active faith. Let me read it to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So all of a sudden, we know that Enoch was walking according to the world. But then God changed him. And he began to realize that there was a creator. He was part of that. This child was going to live somewhere forever. There was a real God. And he changed from walking after self and walked after God. Actually walked with God. Now, we know that the world where Enoch was placed was filled with great wickedness. We'll see that in a moment. And yet he was able to live a godly life and please God in spite of his circumstances. Sometimes we look at our country today in America, and you know what's happened morally to our country, worse many times overseas. People say, well, I can't really be that person because the world is just too evil. No, that's wrong. 
here is Enoch, and he's able to live a godly life in spite of those surroundings. And he didn't even have the Holy Spirit in him, because that didn't happen except for a few people in the Old Testament, like we do today. And we do know that he tried to challenge and change his friends to repent just like he did and to seek God. But we know that not much good really, really happened. Keep your finger there right in Genesis. And I want you to turn back to a little book of Jude, right by the book of Revelation, toward the end of your Bible, Jude, and look at verse 14 and 15. 14 and 15. And then we're going to turn to one more passage. Jude 14 and 15. Now, you're going to see when you see this verse that it's kind of strange to us because it looks like Enoch is a prophet. I have for you on the overhead the New Living Translation. That's what I'll read. But it's obvious that God, as as Enoch walked with God, God gave him some amazing insights that were so far ahead of his time. Look at verse 14 to 15 in your Bibles. Enoch, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So what do you see there? Well, you see the preaching that Enoch did in his day. And what did he preach? Well, he preached things that would happen so many years later. He knew there was, number one, a coming Savior, I don't know how he knew that other than God spoke it into him. He knew there was a coming judgment, a worldwide judgment, and he knew there was a coming reward for those people that knew God. In essence, he knew many of the truths of the book of Revelation in a kind of a mini format. Isn't that amazing to you? Back in the Old Testament, he knew these things. So he would explain these things as a preacher He would explain these things to the people and say, there's judgment coming. You need to be right with God. Now, what was the world like in those days? Notice at the end, we already know what kind of world he's living in. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done. So we know that the normal lifestyle was very ungodly. And for all the insults that the ungodly sinners have spoken against too, God. So what was man doing there? He was living terrible against God, and he was what? Cursing God, making fun of God, using God's name in vain, even at that day. And so Enoch was this amazing man who was led to speak about those things. Now, later, Noah, the great-grandson of Enoch, continues in that line, and he preaches judgment as well. That judgment would be a closer judgment. We'll see it in a moment. It's not the book of Revelation but it would be the judgment of the flood. And he would speak about the same thing. Now, turn to Micah, Old Testament, Micah. Last half of the Old Testament, a prophet, Prophet Micah. When we studied this whole book, we went through it verse by verse. Let's turn to Micah 6, 8. 
What does it mean when we walk with God? What's that look like? What kind of lifestyle is that? Well, Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, tells us exactly how that looks. I'll wait for a moment till you get there. There's an index in the front of your Bible. It's not a problem. The Lord didn't seem to make it alphabetical, did he? Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Well, here's what God requires. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To do justly. To do justly simply means to do the right thing. Simply to do the right thing. So if I'm going to say I'm a person that walks with God, I need to live justly. I need to do the right thing. Whether anybody's looking or not looking, I just do the right thing. Now, to be honest, we don't always do that. And that's why we love grace. And then to love mercy. To love mercy. I love mercy. I want mercy. Mercy simply means not getting what you deserve. I love it. I don't like it for you, but I like it for me. You laugh, but see, when somebody else is doing you wrong, you want them to pay for it. Or if you're ever driving and you're doing the speed limit, the guy goes right by you, you're praying, Jesus, send a cop somewhere, send a policeman. And if you go down the road and the light's on and he's pulled over, what do you do? I mean, you're singing praise the Lord and hallelujah. Well, that's not the right way to be. The reason we laugh is because we're all guilty in this room. You want to have mercy for other people. You want to be a merciful person if you're going to walk with God. By the way, God's very merciful. We don't get what we deserve. Thank God. Also, we're to walk humbly with our God. That word walk in the, uh, in the Hebrew language means to walk continually, conversantly, to follow, to go forward. It's a walk of humility. A walk of humility. Just ask yourself, are you walking as a humble person? Is there humility in your walk? Or are you prideful in your walk? You know, if we watch any of these Shows with the new designers or whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Would you say that's walking humbly with God? No, you're trying to, what? Show your tush off and all the rest of the things in the outfits. You see, but we don't have to walk like that. But we can walk like this. You know when we do that sometimes? When we're around sinners. I'm not like them. Lynn and I were driving back the other night in US-1 or whatever, and we saw young ladies on the road 10 o'clock at night. You know what they're there for. Does your heart go out? Or do you say, well, I'm glad I'm not like them. Without God's grace, we are like them. 
We have nothing to be proud of in ourselves. Be careful that we don't become these pride people because we think we're good. There's nothing good in us unless God's in there. Walk humbly. I believe that Enoch realized that before it was too late. Then there's a walk of fellowship. That word means conversant. Amos 3.3 says this, Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? Or as the New Living Translation will say, do two walk together if they're not going in the same direction? See, if I'm going in the same direction with God, then I'm walking with him. If I'm trying to go this way and he's going that way, I can't say that I'm walking with God. Next, there's a walk in forgiveness. It's a walk in forgiveness. 1 John 1, 7 and 9, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus' Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then, if I'm going to walk with God, it's got to be in humility. It's got to be with fellowship. It's got to be in forgiveness. And this is the big one. It's a walk of one step at a time. That's the faith walk. That's the faith walk. See, Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. In the Old Testament, the key to God was walking in unity with God. In the New Testament, it's the same thing. We just call it in the New Testament, a follower of Jesus Christ. We're following the shepherd. Now, what happened when Methuselah was born? What change happened? Here's the next statement you need to write. And it needs to be clear in your mind. There's a big difference between living and existing and walking with God. Enoch was 65 years old. He'd lived 65 years. He existed 65 years. But it can only be called existing. Because God was not part of his life. When he met God, it changed. And he became someone that had purpose and meaning. And life, all of a sudden, was a walk with God. There has to be that change, that personal relationship. And when he began to do that, the intimacy, the conversation, the humility, the justice... The mercy, all of those things begin to fall into place. You see, many Christ followers, well, they become complacent in their relationship with God. And they kind of claim that they have this walk with God, but really they're not walking with God. Let me just ask you some questions right here for a moment. Answer these yourself, kind of like a mini evaluation. Am I becoming more authentic in my Christian walk than last year? Am I further along in my spiritual growth than last month or last year? Does the Bible come alive to me when I come apart and allow God to speak to me? Am I excited with my prayer life? 
and with God's answers. Do I have the joy of the Lord? And does it show? And last, is my life best defined as existing or walking with God? You see, Christ came to give us life abundantly. That life that's called walking with God. Now turn back to Genesis chapter 5, first book of the Bible. Look down to verse 23. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more. Because God took him away. I don't know what Enoch looked like. But what happened the next day when Enoch's wife looked for Enoch? Methuselah says, where's dad? We don't know. Interesting, isn't it? What went through their mind? I thought of something like this. If there had been a milk carton, Enoch's face would have been on it. It would have been all over the stores. Enoch is missing. He's 365 years old. Just a young man in those days. I don't know what he looked like. Put in your mind, what would that day have looked like? When all of a sudden, he's gone. Well, where did he go? What happened? Did God tell him that was going to happen? Did his wife know? Did the family know? He was just gone. A little girl came home from Sunday school. And her mother asked, What did your teacher tell you about today? And the little girl said, Well, she told us about this man named Enoch. You can see that this was a good Bible teaching Sunday school. By the way, that's what we have. And the mother said, well, what did you learn about Enoch? So the little girl began to tell her mom this story. Enoch lived a long time ago, and God would come by every afternoon and say to Enoch, Enoch, would you like to take a walk with me? Enoch would say, yes, I'd like to take a walk with you, God. And so every day God would come to Enoch's house, and Enoch would go walking with God. One day God came by and said, Enoch, let's take a long walk today. I want to talk to you. So they started out. Before they left, Enoch got his coat, even got a lunch. And they started walking. They walked, and they walked, and they walked. And the little girl's embellishing this story with her mom. And finally it got late. And Enoch said to God, God, it's getting late. We've never gone this way. I'm a long way from home. Maybe we should start back now. But God said to Enoch, Enoch, you're closer to my home than your home. So come on home with me. And so Enoch went home with God. I love it. One day God just said, you're closer to home. Come on home. You're looking forward to that day. When God just says, come on home. It's going to happen by death or it's going to happen by the rapture. I don't really know. But one day we're going to be at home with God. Now go back to Hebrews chapter 11. You'll be back to Genesis, so just remember where you found it. Hebrews 11. By the way, Enoch is the first rapture of a man in the Bible. Somebody said God was practicing. See if you could get it right. 
I don't think so. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible. You want to circle that word. It's impossible. It doesn't say it's difficult. It doesn't say it's a pretty tough thing. It says it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, number one, must believe that he exists. And number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Notice it doesn't stop with who comes to him must believe that he exists. If it stopped there, we're in trouble. Do you know that much of the world believes in a higher power or that God exists? And they go, I'm going to go to heaven. Why are you going to heaven? I believe God. I believe in God. Well, the demons believe that God exists. They know he exists. That's where they came from, heaven. So it's not enough just to believe that God exists. There has to be a personal relationship with him. So this life of faith pleases God. God loves to be trusted. Before he was taken, Enoch, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So obviously he believed in God. And how much do I have to believe in God? Here's what I would say. We must believe God enough to become a follower of God. That's very different than simply believing in God or believing that there is a God. That's exactly what happened with Enoch. He believed in God enough that he spent the next 300 years walking with him. Relationship. Intimate, personal relationship with God. Notice, the second part says, and that he rewards those who play at their relationship with God. Is that what it says? No. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. What does that mean? I think this is huge. You can't be a person that pleases God if, number one, you're not a follower of God. And number two, you can't be a person that pleases God if you don't have the right view of God's character. What is the view of God's character? What is the right view? Well, he's gracious, he's faithful, he's long-suffering, he's a generous, giving God. That's the right view of God. So, we must believe God enough to become a follower, and we must believe God is a good guy who loves to give good gifts to his kids. That's biblical. That's exactly right. And so, what are the rewards you and I get? How does he reward me? Well, I get forgiveness and righteousness and everything I need to live on this earth. I get peace. I get his promises. I get his power. I get his infilling. I get everything I need. He's a good God. How about an amen somewhere in there? He's a good God. He's a good God. Pastor Mark taught you more about Enoch's faith today. You found out how Enoch moved from just a belief in God 
to actually doing what God told him to do. You learned that Enoch followed God so completely in the face of the evil world around him that God took him to heaven without him dying. You were reminded that this is the quality of faith that God's looking for. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Pastor Mark's next message will wind up his teaching, Steps of Faith. He'll wrap up speaking about the life of Enoch and the faith he modeled for you. You'll learn more of the nuts and bolts of living a life that pleases God and the obstacles you might run into along the way. Pastor Mark will talk about people's need to honor God and to trust Him every single day. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting